Welcome. You're listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Visit us on the web at vedanta.org. Om Madhubhatarithayati Madhuksharanti Shindhavaha Madhvirnasantoshadihi Madhunaktam Mutoshashi Madhumat Parthi Vagum Rajaha Madhudurastunapita Madhuman Nobanaspatihi Madhumagum Mastusurijaha Madhvir Gavu Havantuna Ung Madhu Ung Madhu Ung Madhu Sweet blows the wind and the very ocean gives forth blessedness. May the herbs and plants bring us health and happiness. Sweet unto us be the nights and dawns. May every particle of Mother Earth be charged with blessings. May the heavens shower us with benediction. Sweet unto us be the noble forest trees. Sweet unto us the radiant sun. Sweet unto us be all living creation. Om, sweetness, harmony, peace. Good morning. Today is our discussion on Ramanujo and his philosophy. Ramanujo is a... We don't talk much about Ramanujo because we talk more of Sankara and Vedanta. But the people who have actually created an impression in the mind of India and also the philosophy with which the whole world runs may be classified into three categories. One is the absolute non-dualism idea given by Shankaracharya. Of course, everyone is based on the Upanishadic teachings. Upanishad is the foundation, but it's all the Vedic literature, which is the foundation of all spiritual wisdom. And then Sankara presented that idea of the absolute non-dualism, focused more on that idea. It was there. Every idea was there in the Upanishad. And then Ramanuja brought this idea of this philosophy, which is called qualified non-dualism and Madha. He brought mostly the idea about Duality, God and myself separate. These are different approaches of the same truth. And uh, this needed to suit to the need of each student according to that tendency. Some may be comfortable with the idea of dualism. They can start in that way because God is only one. But approach will be different and that is the beauty of Hindu religion that they give the option to individual to choose their path not to be doctrinated that you have to follow that's why in India we say we have 33,000 gods and goddesses or more than that meaning that it is the approach to the truth in the diverse ways and you can choose what is best for you you can select what suits to your temperament. And Ramanujo is a very important year because this Ramanujo was born in 1017. Now, to this year is 
1000 years of his passing away but it is also important to know that 1000 years his impact is no less in the mind of the people who are following their tradition one conflict may come in our mind that whenever these so many philosophies are being preached by great souls naturally we get conflicted that uh, what is wrong in it if god is only one why so many people talking so many ways this confusion is because apparently they seem they are talking differently apparently the approach is different but what they are indicating they are indicating the same truth which all will reach at the end otherwise if we don't understand this then we will have to make judgment that sankara is wrong or madhva is wrong or ramanuja is wrong he is better he is less in our many thought it should be that understanding that god whenever is needed sends he comes himself or his messenger to preach this idea of how people of that time in what context they are and they can be best benefited to move towards god when a big philosophy when a great philosophy is given to the masses after some time anywhere in the world it has gradually it gets diluted and it gets degenerated its values are lost the inner purpose of all practices is being forgotten and they always hang on to something the rituals and forms and some formalities and get stuck into that type of ideas and where comes the degeneration of the religious movement so we find that we have to understand what is the mental condition in which these great souls come to give their message as i said in the upanishad all types of ideas are there as in bible you find the three ideas are there also i and my father are one that's the highest i am divine ye are the branches qualified non dualism and my father in the heaven is the same three different ideas are given but whatever is become popular is another thing but in the masses there are some such truth you see hanuman ji story of the hanuman ji uh, says what is your thought about god or rama so he said oh rama deho buddhya tu dasasmi when i think that i am a little body mind complex i have my suffering i have my pain i have my anxieties worries so i think i am a daso i am the servant of you you are the lord of the universe i am your servant and when i raise my consciousness into another plane i think i am one of the created being in the whole universe jiva jiva buddhya when i think that i am the jiva and then you are the shiva i am the jiva jivatma you are the paramatma and then jiva buddhya tad angshaka i think i am a part of you you are the whole but you are not different when servant and master master and servant comes master is a master 
as a different identity, and servant is a servant, it has different identity. Servant cannot be master. Always you have to be separate from it and different. And also one is to be adored, one is adoring. This duality should be there. Now, this jiva buddhi, when my awareness comes that I am what? I am a part of you. That angsha, angsha means the part. You are the whole, I am the part. You are the whole bonfire. What am I? I am also a spark. Spark has the light and heat. The bonfire has huge amount of heat and light. Only quantitative difference or part and whole idea. But I am the same element. Not you are separate, you are big, high Lord sitting in the heaven. And I am your servant that is serving you at your feet. That is not true. I am also the same, but little different. I am a, a little ripple and you are the ocean. I am a little wave and you are the vast, immeasurable ocean of love and consciousness. I am the same, but only little. And then, jiva buddhya tadangsava and atma buddhya, when I move on in my spiritual journey and go deeper and deeper into it, when I lose myself, when I think that I am not this body-mind, atma buddhi, then tamebo aham, you and me are nothing different. I am that. Now what that? That is my firm conviction. That is Hanumanji's beautiful, famous statement. So these are the three major approaches. And all the world religion can be put into this category or that category or that category in between and with little slant of, of observing this way, that way. But the problem is to solve here that the major thought current in the world is this dualistic idea that Lord is in the heaven. Oh Lord, help me. I am your servant. I am in this difficulty. Or you save me, protect me. He is the redeemer, that idea. And then next is, no, no, no. You are the same with me. I am one with you, but in a very special way. Vishishto Advaita. I am Advaita, non-dual. I am one, almost like you, but little difference. What difference? Yeah, only the quantitatively. Because in a manifestation, I am a quantitative little dot of manifestation and you are the huge, you are infinite manifestation. And then this manifestation ceases when one merges deeper into it, then I and you are no more any different. It is the same. Because my eye, this little dot of water, little wave, is now merged into the ocean. And who will say, what is the definition of that little wave when it merges into the ocean? It becomes ocean. Even a drop of water falling in as a raindrop is no different than that of the ocean when it merges into the ocean. So this is the three types of ideas. And Again and again, God came, or sometimes it is said, send his messenger to preach this message for the good of humanity. Some say that every time these spiritual teachers are, if ignorantly we look at them, they will say, oh, they are bent in one direction. They are, they are all partial, or you can say they are 
hanging in one direction more and rejecting the other side. Like that. It is said that Sri Krishna. Sri Krishna came, what was his main message? His message was that do work. But do work with detachment. And if you can detach from your action, then a time will come, your mind will be clear. Focus mainly on doing selfless karma, karma done in proper spirit, and that will release you from bondage. You will be ever one with the divine. Shankara came, after Sri Krishna came Buddha. Buddha said that renounce everything. Language is almost like Krishna, detach, but no, Detached means here Sri Krishna says, engage your life in action. You cannot sit idle. Even sitting idle, you are thinking something. That is also work. But do the work in proper way so that the work which is binding you will be a source of releasing from that bondage. That was the main theme of Sri Krishna's teachings. And then Buddha is teaching that renounce. This world is impermanent. So the whole of India became all monks and nuns. One time, how many stupas and how many Brahma Viharas, the whole India was full of Buddhism and the idea of renunciation. And it was every home, there will be at least few, they should be monks. Even at their early age, they are trained to renounce the world because it is impermanent. It has no reality here. So to find the nirvana, you renounce. But renunciation is a great subject. Renunciation is not negative. But how to practice that? I'll come to that point next. So when the karma idea was given by the art of doing work, even we are to practice now, even today, Sri Krishna's advice, when people forget that, then it becomes work only. Mere work. And mere work will have its own defects. It is friction. It is anxiety. It is, it is reaction, fear, and loss. All this will be connected with it if it is not done with the proper attitude of detachment. So when... Sri Krishna's teaching was misunderstood in time. Then what happened? Then people forgot and then they engaged into some action. They're doing action, but action not for liberation, but for aggrandizing their ego, their pride, their all worries and anxieties along with it. So the whole world, it became like the, India became like that of a place for karma, karma, karma. As you do karma and without any meaning, it is meaningless. And also ritualistic karma then came up. And as a result, then Buddha came and Buddha talked about, no, 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 this is not the point. The spirit is to be kept and it has, everything is impermanent. Look at that and then try to renounce, renounce, renounce. And then came Sankara. Then why Sankara? Sankara came and he pissed only knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Because you are renouncing but you do not know what you are doing. You are thinking that you are trying to reach Nirvana but if it is not properly understood then it becomes only 
intellectualism. So Buddhism turned into intellectual uh, giants. They, all these scholars, top scholars, they started arguing. They are very fine arguments. They learned the logic and to defeat one against other, that was the major activity it started. And therefore, because Buddha didn't talk about Vedic rituals, so they gave up with the Vedic rituals. And Buddha didn't talk about the, the sannas. So when the sannas was given, they are sannasins, but they are logicians. The heart is missing here. So therefore, we find that Sankaracharya brought it, the idea, no, 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 not karma, na karmana, na dhanena, na prajaya. By this karma, by this earning wealth and prosperity, it is not the way to realize the Atman. Only by knowledge, then you know that karma can take you to certain plane, karma can give you certain results, but that has a limitation. That's karma idea to... Shankara had to fight with that and also the decadence of Buddhism when this idea came only intellectualism, high intellectualism. So he adopted that intellectual method and then went on and arguing and giving the proper understanding and ultimately led the society to the higher goal. And then Ramanujo came when Again, the same thing happened after the impact of Sri Krishna as uh, Sankara. Again, the same thing happened. They, all the Sankara uh, disciples, or so-called Vedanta, that is the defect of Vedanta. If you uh, don't understand it properly, it makes you a dry intellectual person again. So everything is delusion, everything is maya, everything is there, so I can do whatever I like. Uh, and, and I will I will be a Brahmagyani. No, it is not that. So it is more responsibility to understand the truth in proper way. When Sankara came, that idea was forgotten. The love, Sankara, the tremendous love for the truth. It is not negation. Only not, not this, not this, not this is not the point. This is all delusion is not the point. Only who is there? That Shankara's philosophy then brought this idea back that it is no, it is the Brahman alone in this all this form. But at the beginning you will have to discard this apparent name and form where we get stuck and attached. And after practicing that, as I said, Shankara's just followers, they also become high intellectuals. And as a result, again the same problem continued. Then came Ramanuja. He had to face many challenges. His life is unique life. He lived about 120 years. And he confronted so many intellectuals in his life. Even his guru. And they are so highly intellectual. They could not recognize or reconcile with his devotion to Bharata Raja. Uh, what is the Krishna's form. So he used to go and weep and cry there and his teacher will be too mad. That, uh, what type of this spirituality is this? And at the same time he was highly intellectual. And even teacher becomes so jealous he wanted to get out of him. So how to get out? The life was very tedious life. 
he had to pass through so many challenges and difficulties because of the same. Intellectual light minus the touch of the heart. Head and heart should go side by side. Ramanuja brought this connection between head and heart. And though his teacher even didn't understand him, and then they wanted to kill him even, because he's creating too much trouble, bringing Vedanta and other things, and they're thinking that they're destroying the philosophy of this, this highest knowledge. So intellectual understanding is the highest minus the devotion in the heart. So Ramanujo came in that time and Sri Chaitanya, they came and they created a new movement. So, as I have said, these are the defects when, they, when incarnations come and they give us some message. In time, we forget its real import and where to focus, how to get out of this bondage of life and death. How to get out of the suffering? How to get out of this birth and death, these problems? And in everyday life, how we can experience the bliss? That was the message. But when it is forgotten and wrong practices come in, creep in into it, then these incarnations come and to suit into that time and period, they lift us from one level to the other level. So, as a result, what has happened? This defect came in the society, and when Sankara came, this religion became only the religion for the few intellectual people, not for general. And when this Ramanuja came, he made it for the public. And it was restricted among the qualified students, but Ramanujo broke the barrier of all caste, creed, or sex. So it teaches that message that it is for all. And the story is there. He got a mantra from his guru, and his guru warned, this is very sacred mantra. Don't tell anyone and everyone. Don't say to anybody. And why? Because this is such a powerful mantra. If they hear, they will get instant liberation. See, this is the great soul. So he came and as soon as he got the mantra from his guru and heard that this is this and guru has said, no, don't do that. Don't tell this mantra to anyone. And then he came. He thought, my God, this mantra has such power. Anyone who will hear will immediately be released from bondage? Okay, let me do one thing. <laughs> so, so he came out of his uh, guru's teachings and when he started walking, walking, walking and he collected all the people who are coming and stood in a high platform in the near a temple and many people gathered and he out loud said that mantra. Repeat this mantra, you'll all get liberated. And the guru got extremely mad. See what? I, I repeat, I told him not to say it to anybody and he ignored me and he did the opposite thing and went and collected people and announced this mantra to public. He, got, he called for him <laughs> and when Ramanuja came, then he said, I told you not to say this mantra to anyone. And do you know what is the result? You will go to hell. <laughs> 
<laughs> then then he with folded palms said sir if i go to hell and so many people get liberated is it not good i am ready to go there <laughs> so this is the uniqueness of the character of this great people whose heart is for the suffering of others and he he knows that i should obey guru's words no it is our tradition in any tradition you go your teacher's word you should follow for spiritual growth but he defied his tradition of the guru by saying the mantra to everyone feeling that they will be freed from bondage let me suffer for them what is the bodhisattva idea let everyone hmm, be freed and eh? i'll come again and again to redeem these people so this same idea so ramanuja's character was really spotless and he was very deep for the suffering of the humanity so in this book uh, there is a small book which has been mentioned uh, by premeshananda sami he has given this idea and uh, how this uh, little more details about the situation of of each incarnation when they came and how the next generation people to uplift them that they give new type of slant into that and ramanuja also did the same thing so he said that this people normally when they go into high intellectualism they want to prove that they are great and they are all the and fight intellectual fight of that time was this like the one scholar will come and sometimes they will take their followers and move from one place to the other place and demand others to argue with him and you are a pandit of this place okay come and argue with me if you fail then you will be my disciple i'll conquer this is like conquering country after country so these scholars were like that there are conquerors of the uh, pandits of different areas and then he is the greatest pandit of that time so that type of thought was going on but they forgot the practice of yoga practice of meditation and prayer etc so only they thought only knowing some few doctrines will make them a person of knowledge so they forgot their devotion practice uh, they forgot what to do what not to do that what is the real meaning of this uh, spiritual life and as a result ramanuja then came and he combined this two idea gyana and bhakti knowledge and karma mixed with devotion so to blame the life you should have high intellectual understanding about spiritual life but to uh, to put it into action your karma your action should be such centered around the divine and that should be mixed with the devotion for a flourishing beautiful development of as this ramakrishna order ramakrishna vivekananda they give us this idea in the modern age also to make a blending of this four aspects of life yes you may be bent into one aspect but don't ignore the other aspect as a result what will happen we will be one sided again and that one sidedness may have its own defects when you are too much bhakti you will be emotional have no reason there reason and rhyme uh, if you are too much intellectual you will be dry 
Uh, there is no sweetness in your life, no inner joy, inner peace. Only talking maya, 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 ignore, and all this maya, I'll give up, this, that. Huh? And the, all the sweetness of life is gone, as it were. Huh? So only from this side it is defective, that side is defective. Many defect means it is not bringing joy. And the karma you getting engaged in doing good to others, and or after that it will be a... A pitiable condition. Karma is karma bhoga. Uh, it, it brings all sufferings of karma. Karma should release. If it is done in proper spirit, you will be feeling that I am released, that I did it for God. What more I can do? There will be no grumbling. There will be no anger. There will be no reaction. But when we do work, we expect it. I am his child. So, they feel identity and they get this knowledge. And according to Ramanuja, if one has this knowledge that I am a child of God, I have the same quality, I am only a part, I am less powerful and he is all powerful. And thinking that he is mixed with this, that they refrain from doing negative activities, negative thoughts and pointing towards devotion for God and acting what is to be properly done in life, in proper steps of life to be taken as guided by the scriptures. And then they will attain that state where they will be not born again. And after death, what will happen? They will remain in that absolute bliss forever. Absolute bliss in forever, not like Vedanta. They don't, don't, don't want to mix. So they want to leave a little separation. I will be very close to Lord Narayana. Their ultimate concept of God is God, the Absolute, but with quality, as I have said. So they will live with the Lord. After death, you will be enjoying the association of the Lord all the time. So you will be ever blissful and you will not be born again because of your good spiritual practice. And within this religion, everyone is capable of joining. They said that you should live a very pure life. And then you have to be very careful how to see, what you talk, how you move, how you sit. All these rules and rules and rules. That, of course, created trouble. Uh, the decadence of <laughs> Ramanuja's philosophy again came. Too many rules to how to walk, how to see, how to uh, observe, uh, how to practice. Uh, all these details of these rules, too much rules, actually uh, afterwards became a cause of decadence of see, Ramanuja's philosophy. So now we find that it is mostly, it is a book where devotion has been emphasized and Ramanuja himself actually realized the highest truth and as I told you that he wanted the redemption of the whole world or this whole world means that, that time wherever he was. But he lived a long life to do three things. First, he wrote down his philosophy. Without a book, it gets distorted. Any philosophy, any little teaching, without a book written by himself, or if it is not done by himself, followers will make mistakes. Like in the 
many of the greatest scriptures of the world you will find that in the name of prophet all these things are written down if he has himself written down this con- conflict would never happen but when it is taken from the memory of his disciples or those who came near that prophet after a long time they get mixed up with their teaching they cannot understand the real teaching therefore conflict comes so he did that he experienced that truth and he wrote it down for the posterity so that in the future the ganis or the scholars cannot distort the message because it is all written and then he himself preached with his disciples went to give the right direction to the society those who are so called pundit scholar he reached them approached them and argued with them and put his philosophy to be accepted by the scholars and this system how the next generation will be created under the lineage so that this tradition can be maintained for for a long long time for the good of humanity and that was uh, ramanujo did himself and he trained his disciples with severe austerity spiritual practice and to allow them to be involved into meditation prayer etc and he trained them to preach this message for the good of the of the people so that was the purpose of this coming of ramanuja and ramanuja's philosophy around uh, can be said in a few words like that but every teacher also has some sort of stories uh, one story is that ramanuja is a man of realization true but when he was uh, you know those days society was so much orthodox and brahmin non brahmin those even now in some part of india there are pockets where you can find this touchable non touchable or high class low class eh? class distinction in this country also there are in different way the distinction but not that, that is a different type of distinction so so one day the ramanujo was walking in the street and he was going into the tiruvellu taru in the in that city and there one 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 person was moving and he belonged to the lower caste and then ramanuja asked let's get away from my way because you are untouchable so i should not touch you if i touch then what will happen then i will be polluted or you are so that time it is inconceivable Uh, in those days the high brahmin or a spiritual person will be uh, touching the untouchable people so when he asked that person to get away then he said this reply was very beautiful he replied every direction is the temple of the lord which direction shall i go if i go in any direction every place will be impure so please tell me oh teacher you ask me to go away which direction where shall i go where is not the temple of god and that just blowed in his heart a revelation through that untouchable person as it happened in sri shankara's life you also know 
that he was coming from the holy ganga and coming to the vishwanath temple in benaras and in suddenly he found that there is two three stories one story is that one lady uh, was just blocking the road she was lamenting for the death of her husband her husband's body is there and shankara was coming and she said hey get out get out of my way you are standing here then he said she said that you say that there is no position of shakti so why are you asking me to move this dead body why not you tell the dead body dead body will go away uh, understand the philosophy shankara's philosophy very subtle that shankara says that it is brahman alone is real no and this world is all maya okay now the purusha and prakriti or you can say brahman and his power shakti so my husband he is there like shankara shiva na immovable and shakti you are asking me to move the body no but you don't accept the shakti you say everything is brahman and there is nothing this world is all false what about that and shankara in a just in a split second understood wow what a lesson this everything is permeated by shakti if you are realm in the world of duality you are in the in the level of duality and you are in the realm of the shakti so you will have to accept shakti movement going removing all in the level of this manifestation in absolute there is nothing to go nothing to come but you are talking to me and ignoring me then he has the wisdom and also he saw this story like that ramanuja story he was coming one day another day and he found that a man is sitting in a street dog and he got some bread and he is biting himself one one bite and feeding the street dog dirty not like american dogs <laughs> <laughs> so so he he is feeding himself and feeding the dog and a, a dog gives a bite and he takes it again and he is feeding himself so seeing that shankara says hey what are you doing get out of my way i am going to the holy temple of benaras shiva then this man this he is a half crazy man as it were he appeared like a half crazy but he was shiva himself so he he then started laughing and said hey ah vishnu puristhito vishnu i am lord vishnu no in me is vishnu it is your philosophy god is uh, has become everything so vishnu i am vishnu and the dog you are seeing it is no dog it is vishnu <laughs> so vishnu is sitting on vishnu the lord is sitting on lord and vishnu khadati vishnave i am vishnu feeding the dog i am vishnu feeding another vishnu as it were vishnu in different form vishnu khadati vishnu and you shankara you are also vishnu why are you ridiculing me why are you laughing at me for my action it is all vishnu is all permeated by that one consciousness and in a splash shankara got that experience because they are so elevated their life also uh, this beautiful stories are there where you find that glimpses of realization comes what you are preaching that then their conviction comes yes god everywhere
There is nothing rejectable. So this is a book, almost we can say, this is the Bhagavad, because this teaches us the devotional part also. So devotion is appreciated in the book of Bhagavad. This devotion is very important in the Ramanuja's path. That's why you find that Ramanuja devotees will be putting a mark like this. They are Krishna devotees. Mm. This is this is a Shiva devotee like that. They put mark like this. Three marks like this, no? And those who are uh, Vishnu devotees or lovers of God, they put like this. Eh? Ramanuja puts little mark like this to understand. These are different ways of recognizing who belong to what. But that's not the point. Point is that <laughs> they preach the philosophy of devotion. And the devotion is very important in our spiritual life. Though we talk, as I said, don't be overwhelmed with this Vedantic talk only, but we have to practice this devotion also uh, to make our life uh, more realistic and spiritual. So it is said that you know what bhakti can do. Ramanuja's philosophy is also the same. It says that what can it do that just as a flame, blazing flame of fire burns up all the fuel, even so the devotion to the Lord Krishna destroys all sins, neither yoga, nor sankhya, nor dharma, nor scriptural study, nor austerity, nor renunciation, can attract and dominate me as deep-rooted devotion can. It is from the Bhagavat. Bhagavat teaches us, now whatever you have, your knowledge, your meditation, your selfless karma, unless it is added with devotion, it is dry, it is meaningless, it may not leave you. You must have to have love for God. Main thing, you think God in whatever way you like, but unless you love God, then why you will work? For whom you will work? work? Why you will be sacrificing yourself to give joy to others? Why? You should be selfish, but it is only because God is there. I love. That whole philosophy should be rotating around. around. That's why he says, as a burning flame consumes all the negativities, all the, uh, what you call the firewood, etc. So our sins will be wiped out only by loving devotion to God. With the help of unswerving devotion, coupled with earnest faith, holy men are able to attain to me. It is the Sri Krishna in the Bhagavad says, who am as dear to them as their very soul. Deep-rooted devotion to me purifies even one who is a born sinner. That means who are steeped in ignorance only by devotion, deep-rooted devotion. The whole Christian world talks about prayer and, and prayer and prayer and prayer to the redeeming power of the Lord. It is the same thing. To love God, the power of such compassion is there that it can take away all the sins of life. And once Giris Ghosh said, no, there is a Vaishnava, in this Vaishnava tradition, there is a word that if you can take the name of Lord once with such intensity that you are totally absorbed in it, it says that it can wipe out your all misdeeds, what is called normally sin, that much sin it can take away 
that you cannot commit that much sin. If one you can take the name of the Lord imperfectly, that will wipe out all the negativities of life and it will place you into eternal joy. So this is glorification of bhakti. And actually so, if one is absorbed in God in such an extent that taking the name of the Lord marches into the, is, gets soaked into the love, then the whole world will disappear and the whole world will appear to be all blissful the existence of the divine. And of that type of bhakti, how it will come? Bhagavat continues, a dharma, a religious discipline, though inculcating truth, compassion and meditation accompanied with austerity, will not purify the mind if devoid of devotion. That means one person is very much compassionate, one person is making hours and hours of meditation accompanied with austerity, fasting, sitting for 10 hours for this meditation or making headstand, making, eh, doing all austerity with not eating for in a, in a very cold place without any dress or in a hot place in the fire, surrounded by fire. All types of austerities one can do that will not purify the mind. But Bhagavad says, if devoid of devotion, if there is no devotion, and how can the mind be purified with intense devotion expressing itself as horripilation in the body. How that will come? Feel the thrill of joy all over your body. How it will come? That is the God, tangible God. Or otherwise these are words only. God is love. What does it mean to me? Unless I feel throughout my every pore of my body I feel that love and that unending love. Ramakrishna is to talk about that love Upanishad talks about the love. Bhagavat is talking about that love. The mind purified with intense devotion expressing itself. You are intoxicated in love. How it will be understood? Your horripilation all over the body will come. Then he says, as melting the mind with the sentiment of love and as tears of joy flowing from the eyes. Two types of tears are there, no? When we get into suffering, then there is one type of tears. And there is another type of tears which is joy. So tears of joy will be flowing. That is the devotion can give it. And whose words get choked when you talk about God, when you repeat the name of the Lord, you become so emotionally high emotion, spiritual emotion comes. Your words become choked. Ramakrishna sometimes used to sing song and he could not say the full sentence and it will be happy. And happy will also stop. And then you will be merged into that blissful state. So that is devotion. Whose mind gets melted. Who laughs now. And next weeps. Who dances singing at the top of the voice. All out of intense devotion. Such a devotee of mind verily purifies the world. So Ramanuja wanted that we should have to have a touch of this type of love inside so that life becomes meaningful and he emphasizes Bhagavat also emphasizes just as gold molten into fire is out of the dross and assumes its own lustrous form, form. so by communion through bhakti devotion Atman that means Jiva attains me 
he being free from all impurities arising from the attachment which is born of our selfish actions. So this is the idea that devotion is to be added into the life and not only intellectualism, but that to feel it, as Swami Vivekananda said, head and heart should be connected together. So that Ramanuja wanted to give that religion, at least to love God, which quality at the same time he is the embodiment of that absolute bliss which will ultimately take us to that state of birthless, deathless reality. Thank you. Om Sarve Bhavantu Shukhina Sarve Shantu Niramaya Sarve Vadrani Pashantu Makas Chiddukha Bhagavad Sarvastaratu Durgani Sarvo Vadrani Pashatu Sarvasad Buddhimapnotu Sarvasarvatranandatu Om Shanti Shanti Shantihi Om May all be happy. May all be free from disease. May all realize what is good. May none be subject to misery. May all be freed from dangers. May all realize what is good. May all be actuated by noble thoughts. May all rejoice everywhere. Om peace, peace, peace be unto us all. You've been listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Thanks for listening.